Welcome to the podcast that no one asked for. The one where your favorite characters from your favorite fandoms get wet, wild, and weird. Where erotic fan fiction helps pop culture pop a boner, and we all get to laugh about it. I'm Allie LaFevre. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And And this this is Fangasm. Fangasm. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, strong language, and characters we don't own. Ma Sherry, Dongs and Dongettes, it is with horniest hopes and erotic pleasures that we start this season right. And now, we invite you to plug in your headphones, turn up the volume, as the Golden Threesome proudly presents... Your story. Get undressed, get undressed, a new author we've been blessed. Tell your kids it's a true crime story while we provide the sex. Plot what plot, served up hot, pump and tickle, thrust and fraught. Our universe is alternate, Harry's love, watch Draco earn it. Watch them flirt, steal a glance, at the end let's lose those pants. And the slow burn will turn into a fuck fest. Go on, unzip your trousers. Hear them bone for hours. Get undressed. We undressed. Get undressed. Guys, we. (laughs) I think we nailed it. One time through. Amazing. I think someone wants to come to our dinner. (laughs) Should we start? Are we starting? This is us starting, Danny. Welcome to the podcast. Ah, Welcome (laughs) to season 16. (laughs) We did it. We're back. Wow. wow. Now, if you thought singing on key was hard, now try doing it over Zoom in three parts. Yeah, our days of singing in unison may be long gone for now. <laughs> but our, our days of singing on key are just beginning, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we hope that was uh, glory to your glory holes and glory to your ears. That was, wow. And I don't know if you guys have picked up on it, but one of the themes of this season is Beauty and the Beast. But there's more. There is more. Uh, The other theme is a dreary. Because this is a Harry Potter, Draco Harry themed story that is set in the alternate universe of Beauty and the Beast. And when we found the story, we lost our freaking mind. I feel like it's like getting some tail as old as time. (laughs) (laughs) That has to be the episode title. I was saying this on our uh, Behind the Behinds with the Dongs just before this, that I am so excited. This is like pure comfort food, mac and cheese, um, our favorites, new favorites, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, everything that you could need to ease into what has already been a crazy ass year. Um, Why not? Why not add a little comfort? So we are so excited to be to be back in. uh, a galaxy not so far away. Danny, when you said comfort food of mac and cheese, did you mean pasta bake? Because they're locked in a castle very similar to one of our favorite seasons. Or did you mean try the gray stuff? It's delicious. Don't believe us. <laughs> ask the dishes. <laughs> Ew, don't try the gray stuff, though. Not unless you consent. <laughs> not in this world. Not in our podcast. <laughs> Tuna salad. That's what's in the gray stuff. And uh, it's delicious. Gross. Don't believe um, me? Try it with iced coffee. <laughs> Danny's favorite combo. Oh, gross. 
So we are so excited. Thank you to Amina the Scorpio for um, your talents. We cannot wait to bring your words to life like all of the magical items around the castle. I'm so excited to step back. I mean, obviously Harry Potter is always a magical universe, but I feel like we get magic on magic. And then we get a little bit of, it's a little reminiscent of season six. So yeah, I'm excited to see the shenanigans that the house and then what characters come up as like Lumiere, Cogsworth or- Cogsworth. Mrs. Potts. The armoire, Mrs. Potts. Like, yeah. Chip the cute. Like, should we make some guesses, guys? Mrs. Potts has to be McGonagall, you think? Yeah, I was thinking like Potter, but- Maybe oh, in this world. Or maybe Molly Weasley. Yeah. Oh, she does have that vibe. Plughorn's just going to be Plughorn, though, <laughs> just as his scout. You guys, the magic spell is broken and everyone's changed <laughs> but him. He's just like- And he refuses. <laughs> He's like, no, I've been living the dream. <laughs> he just pops in and out every time just to show off that he can. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, who, you know the footstool dog? That's got to be Ron. Oh, so cute. Mm. Yeah, according to Bush, it was either who threw their keys in the bowl and became a dog. Oh, was it Ron? I don't know. I think it was. But he seems like that could be him. I feel like who is the most Lumiere-esque? God. Oh, Lumiere. oh serious. One. Yeah. Serious. Charismatic. And Cogsworth, yeah. I think Hermione could be Cogsworth because he's like always trying oh. to play it by the book and he's like nervous about the spell ending and stuff. <gasps> well, I don't know what pansy will be. What's that one that's like the chest, the armoire or something? Is Ar- the oh! armoire. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's so much excitement. This is going to be great. Who do you think the um the duster? Oh, the who is a love interest? Pansy? Pomfrey. <laughs> Madam Pomfrey. <laughs> Young Pomfrey. Which means we're putting Sirius and Pomfrey together. No, love Luna it. Lovegood would have that vibe. Uh, ooh, ee, ee, ee. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, also, we haven't given like Mia Ma. <laughs> we yeah, there's so many oh, there's so many things it could be. Fantastic beasts and we know where to find at least one of them. Yes. Oh. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Trapped in the castle. He's like, no, I'm a human. And it's like, no, come out with the Nargles. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> um, but before we dive into that, we have another announcement. Yes. yes. We have a couple, right? Yeah, we have several. We have at least 12. But one super exciting Big Daddy announcement. And we're not ending the pod again, so <laughs> no one panic. Don't start crying. We've already done that nine times. <laughs> we know the season of love is upon us. Uh, Valentine's Day, where the corporations are trying to get you to buy chocolate, we are going to be trying to get you to buy tickets <laughs> via becoming a dong to our live Valentine's Day show, February 11th at 7 p.m. Central. Yes. And it's called Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so creative. It is the International Day of Love for the dongs. Yeah, it's like the Day of Lust, right? Maybe? If Valentine's yeah. Day is about love, this is about lust. The traditional Thursday before Valentine's Day. That's when you're hunting for your Valentine's date. So this is perfect. Hunting for some honey. Yeah. So we're it's going to be over on Patreon. So if you are already a dong, you'll be able to just tune right in and you'll get a notification when that goes live. And if you've been, you know, on the edge of your seat thinking about joining, join so you can watch us do a live reading of a very crazy quickie. And some other fun things, some cocktails, a few games, that kind of stuff. It's everything. If we were in person and could do a live show, it's we're going to try to do that on Zoom. Exactly. And so it's uh, patreon.com 
forward slash fangasm is how you get there. And when you join, not only do you get access to this fangasm live show experience extravaganza, (laughs) uh, you also get access to the whole back catalog of fangasm live shows and quickies and cockword puzzles and coloring books and all the other things Danny is blood, sweat, and tears has given. My life's work. <laughs> His fingers bleeding. You guys, it could be called an extravagasma. Extravaganza means like gasma. Extravagasma. Yes, it is a horny-hearted extravaganza <laughs> for the Valendongs. <laughs> now, I'm not an economist, but that does sound like a great deal. So I am impressed and appalled. Yes, I think... Just another thing to keep in mind about being a dong is that we regularly in these seasons do what we call behind or behinds. I think, Allie, you just listed that. And where it's 10 to 15 minutes before we record, we're just sort of shooting the shit, talking about personal stories, giving updates, taking questions from you guys, sharing secrets. Like they learned about this several days ago before, you know, the public. And so there's lots of fun. We think it's like the close friends, the friends with benefits sort of. So that's what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. So again, oh. again, patreon.com <laughs> forward slash fangasm. February 11th, 7 p.m. Central, cockword puzzle. <laughs> Grab your cockword puzzle and don't be late. The password is <laughs> extravagasma. It's like peacock, but it's only fangasm content. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Okay, some other announcements. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode because we have two fun surprises. We had a listener call in. She has a funny story to share in relation to the kink community around season eight. So she had a fun little anecdote that she, uh, I don't want to give too much away because I feel like I'll tell her a whole story, but stay tuned to the end for that. And then the other thing to stay tuned for is another one of our listeners, Anna, sent in a song for us that is in relation to the Han Luke ship from the last season. And this song is actually Hallelujah, which was my wedding song. And she decided to not just rewrite a chunk of the song. She rewrote all nearly four minutes of it. (laughs) That's ambitious. uh, Performed it for us. So I give this listener so much credit for uh, writing lyrics for a four-minute song. Anyway, so stay tuned to the end. You can hear that. Did an awesome job. And what else we got in the hopper? I mean, that's really it. We just wanted to announce our show Talk about some extra goodies at the end, and then we want to dive in and figure out what's going on in the castle, I think. Yeah, we're, we're back in a different castle, which is very exciting. Let's do it, I say. Season 16. Woo! Crown Prince Harry Potter of Gryffindoria was a very arrogant man. Ever since true, King true, true. <laughs> Ever since King James Potter and Queen Lily Potter had passed away when he was 17, he had forgotten all his morals and become a reckless lad. He collected extravagant taxes, slept around with men and women alike from the brothel every night, and wasted his money holding lavish balls instead of helping his people. I've spent a pretty penny to hold lavish balls, and let me tell you it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> If there's anyone that knows a thing or two about holding <laughs> lavish balls, it's Danny Chapman. For a price, anybody will let you hold their lavish balls. How lavish of balls are we talking here? Let's just say they were diamond encrusted. <laughs> this went on for two years. One fateful day, while the prince was taking a stroll of the land around his palace, he came upon an old woman dressed in rags, sitting on the cobbled streets. Okay, I love how this is actually starting, how Beauty and the Beast started. It's so good. This is so great. Please, crown prince, I am in need of a crust of bread or a drink of water, she begged. Prince Harry merely laughed. 
get out of my sight, old hag. And he kicked her out of spite and went on his way. Ah, kicked her, insult to injury. Little did he know that the old woman was an enchantress in disguise who wanted to test the prince for herself. Once he was out of sight, she hatched a cunning plan. That evening, during the prince's ball, prince's balls, (laughs) also potential episode title for the future, he was approached by a beautiful lady. She was dressed in all the finest of silks, had the bluest of eyes and the brightest of hair. Prince Harry was smitten. Good evening, dear madame, he greeted courteously. She merely giggled and started to walk to the middle of the ballroom, beckoning the prince to follow her. The prince followed her blindly, and they started to dance. I would like to tell you something, crown prince, she said flirtatiously while they were dancing. What would that be, dear madame, he asked, enthralled by her beauty. What? I cannot hear you over the music. (laughs) This is my cut. Do you want to go back to my place? I can't hear in here. (laughs) Let's go upstairs. Let's go upstairs. (laughs) That you are a selfish and arrogant fellow, she shouted, causing everybody to turn their heads toward them. Excuse me? The prince asked, confused. (laughs) Very on-brand Harry quality. Huh? What? Huh? Are you talking to me? The lady simply smirked. Do you recognize me now? She gleamed wickedly. With a snap of her fingers, she transformed into the old hag the prince had seen earlier that day. (gasps) You, he shouted. (laughs) Yes, me. I'm an enchantress from the north. That's my nickname. (laughs) It's very long. I'm glad you shortened it to Lindsay. That's what they call me in Tennessee, the enchantress from the north. I am an enchantress from the north. I have heard of your arrogance from all around me and decided to come and see if the rumors were true. Unfortunately, they are. She reached into her tattered dress and brought out a long baton. I hereby curse every living creature in this palace into a mere household object and you, crown prince, into a monstrous being. This spell cannot be broken except for true love's kiss, she shouted gleefully. There were screams and everything went black. Okay, now, why everything else? Agree. Like, those poor working families, you know, and, like, people just doing their jobs. The only reason I think that is because I think she's trying to teach him empathy and that it would maybe be a motivator for him to care because other people's lives are at stake. I don't know. Mm. Okay, well, I'm far too passive for an aggressive act like that. A weak (laughs) argument, but an argument nonetheless. (laughs) There had to be a reason. She's not a dumb enchantress. I don't know. Unless they, (laughs) did she think that they like supported his ego and were enablers? Okay, that's true. You know? I don't know. A dollar's a dollar. What's that crime when you're like an accomplice? Yeah. The accomplice crime. You know, (laughs) like a crime. Put him up. You're accomplicing. (laughs) Drop that accomplice. I'm a cop. (laughs) Hey, I caught you kids out accomplicing. Okay. 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 I picture I picture like the uh, poster that's in schools that says, "Don't be an accomplice. Get accomplished." You know, like bad puns. Yeah, like the teamwork. One. This is your brain on accomplicing. <laughs> <laughs> Cracks an egg. Yeah. Wow, I've never been the same since I saw that. Whoa, I'm never gonna help with the crime. <laughs> I'm never gonna crime again. Okay, we already deep, dude. So yes. whew, I'm so excited for this story. Draco Malfoy weaved his way through the market stalls with a large basket in his hand. As he passed by, some people stopped him to stare and whisper, but he ignored them. He had more important things on his mind. Books. Soon he... (laughs) (laughs) The library. (laughs) 
They have the most wonderful books. It's about a wizard and a school. What if it was like that meta? <laughs> Soon he arrived at the fisherman's stall. He was one of the kinder people in the kingdom and always reduced the price of his fish in return for Drago to help him get worms from the earth. Hello, young lad. The fisherman waved cheerily. Hello, Mr. Ollivander. He smiled back. Ah, I would like three large trouts, please. Coming right up. As soon as I get done boning... Minerva McGonagall on this bearskin rug. <laughs> in front of the fire. Coming right up, Mr. Ollivander disappeared into his shop to get the fish. As Draco waited, he felt a presence behind him. Do you think Ollivander makes him like try out all the fish to see if the fish <laughs> the chooses The fish chooses him. No, Draco? he just, he walks in and then the right fish swims up to the thing. It's at Pike's place, right? Yeah. Where they like throw the fish. <laughs> Let the fish come to you. <laughs> As Draco waited, he felt a presence behind him. He turned around and met the broad chest of Cedric Diggory. He groaned. Mm. Greetings, dear dragon, Cedric flirted. Draco sighed. Is he Gaston? Oh is Cedric Gaston? Oh, no. What do you want, Cedric? He asked, exasperated. Cedric was always running after him and didn't seem to get the hint that Draco wasn't interested in him. His ego was probably too big for him to notice. Why, only you, my dear, Cedric smiled, sliding a muscular arm around Draco's slender waist and pulling him close to his chest. Yes. Please leave me be, Draco said, squirming out of his grasp. Cedric simply grinned at him. I shall have you soon, my dear. It is only a matter of time, he said proudly. Before Draco could respond, Cedric kissed his forehead and strutted away, obviously satisfied with himself. What's Gaston's um, sidekick's name? LeFou? LeFou, yeah. So I wonder who that's going to be. This is so exciting. Can't wait. Draco silently wiped his forehead with his handkerchief. He prayed silently that Cedric would soon get the hint, however unlikely that was. Wait, this means instead of crazy old Maurice, we're going to have crazy old Lucius. Yo, Lucius. <gasps> crazy. He's oh, always good for a laugh. <laughs> crazy <laughs> old Lucius. I just love the, um, like the context, which is like the 1700s French town yes. where I'm like homosexuality was probably not super <laughs> welcome, but here... It's just like oh, yeah. getting it, and I love yes. it. Gaston can do whatever Gaston wants. Yep. Here you go, lad. He turned and saw Mr. Ollivander holding three giant fishes. He gratefully put the fish in his basket. Thank you, sir. Draco smiled. He paid him quickly and with a wave was off to his family's small cottage on the edge of town. I just picture Cedric um, throwing up like 12 dozen <laughs> dragon eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Raw. And like enormous. <laughs> He's got to like, didn't he put his belt around his neck and bust it because he's so strong? Yeah. But yeah. dragon eyes are like footballs. <laughs> <laughs> there goes poor little Malfoy. Draco groaned and turned around to face Seamus Finnegan and Dean Thomas. He liked to taunt him about his family's poverty and lack of status. I heard that his ickle mummy's sick. Is it true, little boy? Thomas taunted. Draco blanched. His mother actually was sick, and so far nothing had managed to cure her ailment. She was getting worse every day, and his father was beside himself with grief. Shut up. At least my mother isn't the village harlot. Ooh. He ground out and sped away, not listening to their cries of outrage. On the way back, he decided to stop at the local library to cheer himself up, even though he had read all the books there at least three times. It was rather small since people in this godforsaken place didn't enjoy academic sorts of entertainment. Draco still frequented, frequented, Draco still frequented, my God. Draco still frequented, I can't say it. Frequented. 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 Okay. You got it, you got it. Draco still frequented, did. 
No. How do I say? Hold on. Wait, did you do that as a joke? The, la- the second did? No. <laughs> Draco still frequented. Wait, what? <laughs> Is that right? No, frequented. You're adding an frequented. extra thing at the end. Oh, I think that's what I did. Draco still frequented the establishment. <laughs> Yahtzee. Woo. He stepped in slowly, the familiar bell on the door ringing to let the librarian know that he was inside. Draco. Draco smiled softly as the old man, Mr. Dumbledore, hobbled over to him. He was quite old, but extremely wise. Hello, Mr. Dumbledore, he replied, dropping his basket to hug him. He smelt like parchment and ink, a familiar scent. How are you? Mr. Dumbledore asked, his eyes twinkling. Same as every day. Quite mundane, honestly. And also, Cedric is still trying to court me, Draco grimaced. Still? Mr. Dumbledore sighed. Draco laughed at his exasperation. Unfortunately, I don't have much time today. I was wondering if you can read me a short story today. Of course, Mr. Dumbledore smiled. Come sit with me. Draco was led into Mr. Dumbledore's office. It was rather odd, with sculptures of mythical creatures about and paintings all around. It was just like Mr. Dumbledore, Draco mused, odd but comforting. He sat down in front of Mr. Dumbledore's desk. Lemon drop, Mr. Dumbledore <laughs> offered. You, you, you want a shot? <laughs> Lemoncello? I was going to say, Werther's original? <laughs> you want a bachelor party? Body shot? <laughs> Body shot. <laughs> Yeah, let me put it, I'm going to put it in my belly rolls. (laughs) Oh, gross. Draco chuckled and picked one from the little bag on the desk to put it in his mouth. I think I'll tell the story of the crown prince. Mr. Dumbledore leaned back into his seat. Draco nodded. It had only happened some five years ago, and it was still talked about frequently. You can hear the story Oh, don't, you don't have to call me Mr. Dumbledore. My friends call me Professor Dumbledore. (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a King James and Queen Lily of Gryffindoria. They gave birth to Prince Harry about a year before you yourself were born, lad. When the prince was 17, his parents were murdered by an assassin sent to kill them from the neighboring kingdom Slytherin. As young as he was, the prince set out to kill the king of Slytherin, Tom Riddle, which he did, even at his young age. He spared the people and allowed them to run away to Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff (sighs) kingdoms. After the war, the prince became a delinquent from his grief and became very selfish and arrogant. His behaviors were noticed by a sorceress who cursed him and all of the people in his castle. Nobody knows what that curse was, but none of the people who were in that castle during the ball have ever been seen since that day. That was three years ago. Since then, strange sounds have been rumored to come out of that palace at night, and some claim to have spotted figures moving in the window, but none of these have been confirmed. That is the end of the tale for now, but who knows what shall come next? Mr. Dumbledore smiled mysteriously. Thank you so much, sir, Draco smiled. I shall see you again tomorrow. (laughs) Draco departed the library and made his way to his family's small cottage. I'm home, he announced once he stepped through and into the house. Good evening, dear, his father, Lucius Malfoy, announced from the kitchen. Ever since his mother had gotten sick, he had taken over the kitchen duty for her. How are you, father? He hugged him. I got some fish for us, and Mr. Ollivander knocked off half of the price, he said excitedly. The fish is two weeks old. (laughs) You may get salmonella, but it was such a good deal. It was a bargain. (laughs) It's like what I like to call a bargain, Dad. (laughs) Day-old bread. A crazy old bargain. (laughs) 
That's wonderful, dear. His father smiled as he stirred the porridge he was simmering on the stove. Your mother is in the bedroom. Draco left the basket in the kitchen and made his way to his parents' small bedroom, lying on the large bed. Uh oh. Slughorn already makes Oy. an appearance in the story. Little old pluggy. Sofa bed, I bet. Sofa bed. Boy. It's funny how it's a futon. Hmm. Lying on the large bed was his mother, looking particularly frail and ill. Draco, she rasped, stretching her arms out to hug him. Hello, mother, he said softly, accepting her weak embrace. How are you? I'm all right. I hope Cedric isn't troubling you, she smiled. He still is, he said ruefully. He started talking to her about his day, only interrupted by his father's yell from the kitchen. Father, are you all right? Draco rushed into the kitchen, only to see his father clutching a piece of parchment tightly, smiling brightly. Guess what happened? His father laughed. What? Draco asked, confused. One of our old ships was found. The cargo was still intact, he said excitedly. Really? Draco asked, excitedly. When his father nodded, Draco went up to him to hug him tightly. The Malfoys had been very rich, but when Draco was still a toddler, a great wind had destroyed all their ships, leaving them with almost nothing. Now with the cargo recovered, they can afford a proper doctor for his mother and afford to live a better life. I must go and collect it now, his father said, hurriedly, pulling on his cloak and his boots in a rush, in a Lindsay rush. (laughs) The harbor is not far away, and it is just midday. I should be back by nightfall. Take care, father. (laughs) Take care, papa. That's what I say when I go to Target. (laughs) When I go to Target, I'm like, I am going for one errand. I shall see you by nightfall. (laughs) It's not far. Never to be seen again. (laughs) So much good stuff. (laughs) Take care, father, Drago yelled as his father ran outside and mounted his horse and attached a cart to its backside. His father simply waved at him as he galloped away. Draco ran inside to tell his mother the good news, and together they both hoped for a new beginning. Lucius Malfoy sighed sadly to himself as he rode back to the house. It had been a false alarm. There was no cargo. It had been another man's ship. He wondered how he would tell his family. He was so lost in thought that he took a right instead of a left and soon found himself lost in the dark forest. The moon was blocked out by the clouds, so only a little light filtered through the trees to guide him. Where am I? He wondered to himself quietly. He needed to find his way back quickly so he could find his way home. An hour later, he was no closer to finding his way than he was before. As he was about to turn away, he spotted something in the corner of his eye. When he turned to look at it properly, he gasped. It was a palace. If he was not mistaken about the look, this was the former home of the crown prince himself. Lucius found himself trudging slowly towards the castle. He didn't believe the rumors at all and was not scared easily. Besides, if he stayed out any longer, he would surely get mauled or eaten up by these feral wolves, Remus Lupin. (laughs) He cautiously made his way to the gigantic front doors of the palace. He left his horse in the stable and walked up to the palace doors, pushing them open. Rusty creaks filled the air, Inside, the palace was very beautiful in a rustic sort of way. Gigantic crystal chandeliers hung from the dome ceiling, shining a light on the large dining table that was surely the length of his own humble abode, if not twice that. For some strange reason, on the dining table, there were plates of food and several bowls of soup. Lucius cautiously made his way to the table. The food was still hot, and the smell of it made him moan in delight and anticipation. Before he could sit down to eat, he felt a warm breath on his neck. Trembling, he turned around slowly and came face to face with a monstrous creature (gasps) with little round glasses. (laughs) The first Lucius noticed was that it had a spiraled ram horn sticking out of its long, tangled black hair. It was very tall, almost seven feet, and extremely muscular. It had a human-like appearance, save for the horns, black veins that bulged from its arms, thick hooves that were in the place of feet, 
an abnormally long claws on its hand. It scowled devilishly at him, its teeth pointed and cruel. Then he noticed the gleaming green eyes and the tarnished crown upon its head. Dear Lord, it was the crown prince himself. Nobody was around to hear the screams that filled the night sky. <sighs> the end of this chapter. Those are not the kind of screams we normally like. No. In these episodes. No, we want moans. <sighs> I am on the edge of my seat. Ugh. <sighs> Wrapped with anticipation. Wow. Okay, let's do it. When the episode ends, check your underpants. Is your wand up or down? We finally get to do wand again. Wow, I know. It's been several seasons. I mean, my wand is up for this incredible plot. It's been beautifully set up already. I love that we got several character appearances. We've got Ollivander, we've got uh, Dean and Seamus, we got the Malfoys. So I'm super excited. I know that was a very plot and context-heavy setup, but I'm ready for it. It's not long before Draco and the Crown Prince Harry shall meet. Yes. It's not long at all. My one is up. I love just seeing how they have blended our favorite stories together and um, the role that they each play. Yeah, it's beautiful. My wand is up as well for the creativity. And I'm so thankful that this author flipped. Like it would have been really natural to make the Malfoys the crown prince, the Malfoy family and the Potters Mm -hmm. the ones in the cottage. But it's really fun that they're flipped. Agree. I think that that's really a nice, you know, a fresh take. And I can't, I just can't wait. This is going to be so great. Yeah, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited. I just can't wait to see all the other characters that start popping up because- I'm already surprised at who they cast in which role, so I have no idea what to expect. Well, Amina the Scorpio, thank you for this story and your talent. We're so excited to see where it goes. I mean, we're going to get Ron and Hermione in the castle. Absolutely. Do you think that they're going to be Lumiere and Cogsworth? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's cute. I feel like they could be. Yeah. Also, those are like the Beast's two main allies. Yeah. So that could be where they show up. That's like who like, yeah, talks him into stuff. Yeah. That could be cute. Yeah, it's going to be Ron as Lumiere and Hermione as Cogsworth. Cogsworth and Derriere. (laughs) Perfect. Done. Done. Well, all right. Stay tuned. Yep. Next, we have the voicemail we mentioned and the Hallelujah uh, remix. So stay tuned, enjoy, and we will see you next week. Yep. And February 11th. Yeah, February 11th. That's right. Become a dong. Join our show. (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Allie, Lindsay, and Danny. Um, I know I'm super late to the party, but I'm on season eight right now, and I'm listening to uh, episode two. And I just had to stop and call you guys and let you know that I was inducted into the kink community by somebody named Master Wolf, and I screamed when Albus chose that as his um, as his sex club alias. Anyway, love the podcast. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. I've heard there was a sexy pop that Cheryl read all about Star Wars, but you don't really know this fanfic, do ya? 
It goes like this, the Force, the Sith, Ray Kylo Ren in his kitchen. But this season is all for Han and Luke, yeah. 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 Luke's force was strong, so he needed Han. They celebrate anniversary one. The memories and two sunsets got them glowing. Out in the dunes, Luke's too aware. Han's biting, kissing, pulling hair. Through touching lips, he knows it's him and Luke, yeah. Him and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Well, honey, I know this old scene. I've seen these dunes. I'm from Tatooine. I used to moisture farm before I knew ya. They banged around the rebel base. It's time for you to fuck his face. It's a hard and it's a heavy Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, now to Mos Eisley's for some drinks We learned Luke had a spitting kink Always going for that outer rim job, aren't ya? And remember when Han came in you Double nipple play was happening too And every space jizz blast was Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Han and Luke, yeah. Well, there's a Death Star up above, but all Han ever learned from love was give his best to someone who adores him. That cantina song, it plays all night They dance to it, you all guessed it right It's a sweet and it's a tender Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, yeah Han and Luke, Han and Luke, yeah For more erotic goodness, join our Patreon where you can access hundreds of hours of steamy content and bonus episodes from your favorite pop culture fandoms at patreon.com forward slash fangasm.
For updates, merch, to join our private Facebook group, The Fanny Pack, or to submit a story, visit fangasmpodcast.com. For a regular hookup, make sure you subscribe, and if you're extra horny, leave a review. But only if it's nice. Ten points for nice reviews. 